I think if you're even listening, I know I've been friends with you for a long, long time. Of course, I'm really good friends with, with your husband now. And I thought it'd be great that we have this chat because, you know, you and your life and the contribution that you've made to the Zimbabwean society uh, in the NGO space um, embodies what it means to be a positive Zimbabwean voice, uh, specifically because you've used your, your, your history and your ailments and your journey to be... Um, a positive hand of contribution to another's, you know, to others' involvement lives. So I thought it'd be great that we have a chat to get a little bit of context around how you came to be where you are. Um, but before I do, how are you? And um, I know the world has been crazy right now, but yeah, how are you doing and how are you holding up? Um, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm doing what I can. Um, mm. The 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 twenty lockdowns don't help. <laughs> So you think you're kind of like out of it and then you're back into it. And, but you know what, I think at the moment, the best thing is to try try to stay positive, Mm. keep yourself busy with other things because Mm. yeah, it's, it's, I think we're in a time where somehow, you know, we're dealing with things that are out of our control. A lot of the things, a lot of the times you can control certain things but mm. it's a season in which all of us are learning that, you know, what sometimes you've got to adapt, you know, and yeah. you can't control everything. So I'm okay. For sure. I remember I was speaking to, um, to someone recently and what's been glaringly obvious about the time that we're living in is we can, we, that we can only control so much and you can always mm-hmm. put yourself in the best position. But the fact of the matter is that there's so much that is actually out of your control and out of your hands. Um, so my question for you, I know you, more recently you've been doing some work with um, in the NGO space around, you know, helping schools get, or rather helping children get funding for school. Um, mm. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that and what's been going on there given the past year. I know that was a big challenge when I spoke to you last, but maybe tell us about how mm. you got into that and what's been up since then. So that's a very interesting story. Okay, so... Um, mm. I've been in the nonprofit NGO sector for six years. Sure. Uh, my main, my main passion or the main thing is health and wellness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when you go into communities and you're dealing, especially with rural and peri-urban communities, somehow mm-hmm. you can't go and tackle one thing. Everything is connected, right? Mm-hmm. So. You go and you want to do a talk, perhaps. Mm-hmm. The kids are hungry or the people are hungry, which means you have to, you then have to tackle food security or whatever it is. 
So what actually mm. happened with take a child to school was um, it was the week before my 28th birthday, I think. I'd gone for a regular workshop. We were doing um, a workshop on consent because in that particular time, there was yes. a huge, huge issue about um, transactional sex in that area, in that specific sure. area. So, and this is with children. So we went mm -hmm. to do a talk about consent and, and what rape is ETC, because a lot of children were being taken advantage of and not realizing what it was. Yes. And so that day I actually brought on someone else to speak to the kids about, you know, the legal perspective, because I'm not well-versed in that. And I went outside and then I saw, um, a girl, I think her name was Princess, I think, standing outside. She's just standing outside. Ask yes. her what's wrong. She says, ah, that's Zingwa, you know, Chikoro. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're just outside, you know. So she's been told um, your parents haven't paid fees. She's yes. just standing outside. And I'm thinking, okay, so if that happens, then you go home. But I think, I don't know what the situation was. She just stood outside. I would like to think that was it was God in that moment. So she's, mm. he's, I start speaking to her. She says to me, um, yes, um, and my sister as well, ETC, ETC. I'm like, oh, okay. And imagine I've worked there for about three years, but we've never really spoken about the school People being fees kicked aspect out of it. school fees, yeah, sure. Because we mm -hmm. do a lot of programming. So I went with her to the office and I said, how much is this actual fees? And I think mm -hmm. at the time they said 65 bond or something like that. And, and like, what is that in like US it, dollars? In US dollars, how much would that be? At mm -hmm. the time it was, mm -hmm. yo, I think about two bucks or something at the time. Two US dollars for a term? Yes. For so a term. $6, $6 <laughs> for a year for someone's whole school fees. Yes. So she says that to me and I'm shocked. And mm. I literally took out my phone. I paid for the fees. I'm like, this is nonsense, you know? I paid for the fees. Mm -hmm. So that week now, like I was saying, it was my birthday. Um, I then decided, oh, you know what, let me channel whatever I'm going to get towards, you know, all of this. Because I was I started asking a lot of the kids and a lot of the kids were like, yeah, um, some of us, you know, we pay half or we pay a 10. Um, mm. I asked the teachers and they explained like, you know, almost half of these kids, they come and the thing is we have to put pressure on the parents because if they don't pay anything we also don't get paid mm -hmm. and so that's how take a child to school was born and i remember mm -hmm. i posted it on social media and everyone everyone was shocked like what do you mean mm -hmm. like 65 mm -hmm. bonds and people really jumped onto it initially i'd even said oh just 10 kids people jumped onto it you jumped onto it people jumped onto it and mm -hmm. for me it was like just shocking that you know, people go out and spend thousands, right? Yeah. Hundreds of dollars. And here's a yep. child who's standing outside, stressed about two dollars. And yep. I was like, you know what, this is this is pretty simple, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how that's how that project started in particular. Mm -hmm. Okay. And look, I remember seeing that social media post and I remember being so shocked. That I was like and also compelled to say like geez what is two us yeah. dollars what is six us dollars for a year you can do three or four or five children you know what i mean and yeah. and if anything you know like the part the power of education can do towards of course shaping someone's 
trajectory. And then you say, okay, well, if they aren't getting education, you spoke on stuff, you know, earlier about uh, sexual abuse or transactional sex, you know, activities. That becomes almost an avenue do. which, a ch- do you know what I'm trying to say? That becomes mm. an avenue which a child has to explore, particularly um, young women. Um, so I think that's terrific. I think the key question that I have, I know given this pandemic, I know we had, of course, admitted a little bit for one young girl and in the pandemic, maybe, yeah, maybe you speak to us about what's happened to some of those students in the pandemic, um, because it was almost like a tricky situation, you know, where we have people that want to donate and give, but significant challenges, you know, came about. So yeah, maybe talk about that. So um, when did this start? March, I think we had um, last year, the year started while people had paid I remember, you know, the most painful thing for me is we had a really great donation. There was a company that paid for 60 kids for the whole year, the whole of last year. And I'm like, we started on a good note, you know, I was like, wow. You know, at some point, take a child to school became even bigger than my other projects because I think... (laughs) It's a thing. It's I a thing. For yeah. yeah, for people, I think they understood. Like you said, they understood. It's education. You don't have to explain it. Every child deserves education. So yes. Um, we start the year, and then you know we're hearing about COVID. We're hearing about COVID, but particularly in Africa, in Zim, it hadn't affected us yet. Um, sure. and, and then March comes. Ooh, my selfie thing is falling. Then March yeah. comes, and um. Mm-hmm. Uh, and first of all, we are told 21 days and we wait 21 days. Um, mm-hmm. I'm speaking to the head. I'm also trying to find out what the COVID situation is there as well. You know, they mm-hmm. don't even understand, you know, what mm-hmm. COVID is. But in your mind, you're like, it's just 21 days. We'll catch up and, you know, maybe we'll go speak to them about COVID. And then to me, it turned out to be literally the whole year because our kids well the our beneficiaries are your they have they are like the poor of the poor you know um and so you know how other educational institutions then started doing online schooling creating portals I even know government schools went as far as even doing WhatsApp groups, you know. So our WhatsApp groups to what to distribute to distribute educational content via the phone. You know, people people started becoming. I think for the first month or two, people were scared, and then they realized: look, you have grade sevens, you have form fours. Children can't just sit at home. So those type of things started um, happening. I remember even our helper at home. she she came she said to my mom look i need like uh, she, the, the, her her daughter needed a tablet um mm-hmm. just to do whatsapp you know so the teacher will open a whatsapp group or the teacher will send the the parents work and then the parents will do work with the child so that the children yes. are not completely stagnant but yes. in the areas i work there are no phones there's no data there's no electricity. And so our kids didn't go to school basically the whole year. So that's problem number one. Problem number two, 
the actual teachers and the people who are running this are for me community heroes okay a lot wow. of them have done you know a teaching course um or particularly for one area you know he started that school underneath a tree and it grew but the thing is he's got rent he's got a family and so people started pulling out teachers just said you know what we have to do other things and particularly one of the schools basically shut down and collapsed um and what's the and, name of the school uh hopefully tariro um in hopefully and tariro um, which means hope tariro. directly translated means hope, which means yes. um and basically yeah. the head he he basically um quit <laughs> so sure. to say yeah he basically mm -hmm. quit uh he actually even moved out of the area and at the moment we're trying to revive that but because of lockdown again we haven't been able to do that kids open school in december um just weird like those terms are completely different from the terms you knew about or other people mm -hmm. knew about Mm -hmm. So I think when things started to kind of get better, they opened school in December and they were doing this two-day thing. So they would split so that the, the school is not too full. So some kids would go to school, yeah, two mm -hmm. days a week. Um, and then we started to revive it again. And, you know, and also remember, <clears throat> well, this is how it kind of works with, with, spons with sponsors is there's a momentum, right? There's a momentum and they basically had it given in months and we weren't going to take money as well if kids were not going to school you know Naturally, so you have yeah. to start you know we start picking up the momentum again um december comes through and um it was a very very weird term they start in the beginning then you have christmas then they were supposed to be on holiday for like two weeks and then go back and then we went into a total shutdown again this year um they opened again in march mm. but basically these schools have almost a year and a half of backlog because of some of the issues we spoke about again some of the children are not even interested in school any anymore they've started doing other things you know they've started indulging in drugs the girls have gotten married um some parents actually believe you know what the school thing doesn't even matter you know they must go vent so it's a it's a huge issue where you're trying to get right. the kids to actually come back um you're trying to get the the sponsors back and it's so confusing because we wake up and things have changed so we wake up and we're like okay school is starting again in march march 20th and then we're told on the 15th there's a lockdown <laughs> and so it's it's been it's been crazy you sit down and you're like i remember there was a week where this? i was legit depressed and i was like what do we do and then you realize okay this is really out of your control you have yes. to deal with it as it comes so again kids were supposed to open on the 28th of june and we are in one well, level four again in july in july yeah in yeah. july and so we we don't know when when they're going to go back to school and for me i think it's so bad for them in particular because they're so behind and we have kids who are in grade two but they're 14. so it's 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 bad it's bad it's 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 bad and i, I i've been trying to figure out a way to 
fix it. But like I told you, you're dealing with no power, no gadgets, um, probably a lack of um, manpower as well. Like, where do you start? Yeah, I think it's tough because I remember when, of course, uh, lockdown started happening, you know, across the lockdown started happening across the world or curfews and things of that nature and how really the whole world, not that we, are, we weren't using technology already, but the acceleration of the way in which we engage one another remotely just skyrocketed. So even now we're having this conversation online. Yeah. Uh, but of course, our lives have been still been able to move forward now relevant, at least for me, I can, I can say, through online and technology. But then I couldn't yeah. help but think like, it's just screams of privilege because what about people where there's no internet? You mean, you mentioned that students were, some, some students had to listen into the radio for education. Yeah. The radio. radio. And then, but radio, yeah. you need to have power for radio. What if there's no power? Exactly. What if there's no power? So which and, means a year and a half. And there <laughs> you is know no what I'm power. <laughs> there is <sighs> no power. I remember when the radio thing started, I was like, wow, great. Mm. And then I asked around and the people are like, there is no power, especially in the high density areas. Okay. And then another thing is uh, the kids are not interested. <laughs> They're not interested in sitting and right. listening. Right. Um, and, and, and the way it was structured is that, so they dedicated a few like hours. So there would be like 30 minutes of maths, 30 minutes of um, English. And it's a different way of learning. So there's someone on the other line. You can't see them. Um, and they're just saying a, a, a lot of stuff, you know, because I went through it and I was like, okay, I didn't get half even, of this even stuff. Even for myself, it's like, as yeah, an adult, even for myself, like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. they kind of be like, yeah. wait, I didn't hear right. what she said, you know? Right. Um, but again, yeah, then you have a power issue. So uh, if you have a lesson at 10 and there's no power, you've missed the lesson, you know? So it's. it's so we it's need crazy. solutions that can exist without the constraint of electricity um, that can go over the barriers that exist without, how can I say, if there's no data in the area, for example, we need things that can exist exactly. without electricity, without data being a constraint, um, and with people that can help facilitate the content for education. That's kind of the solution. And then also yeah. that's entertaining, that keeps people engaged and actually want to see value in the education that they're getting beyond do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's listened to this, I think, I think, well, I don't think it's a problem that is solved individually. I think it's, you know, it's, a, it's a, people being inspired and then being compelled towards finding a solution. And if anything we've learned from this whole COVID situation is to say, we can't go back to the old way of doing education. Like they, yeah. we, we cannot go back because who's to say they won't, COVID won't fare up again in the future, right? And from the all likelihood, it, it might be the case. So I guess the, the, the Zimbabwe, which I hope at least for education at that particular peri-urban area or rural area is one that is inclusive, that is um, can exist without power and really just serve the needs of people there. Because if kids aren't going to school, what future does the country have? You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> if people aren't exactly. being educated. So. And, and you know something something interesting as well is when i was trying to find out also like how how these things how these kids are going to go forward apparently uh, i mean this is a, a apparently what sure. they have been doing is that 
um, when they're doing exams, like for grade sevens, your your O level students, I think you're starting with a thirty percent already. So that helps, but I don't know if it helps as well. Uh, so there's it doesn't solve the problem, but I hear, like I hear that, where they yeah. Come, yeah where they're coming from. Like you know what, you know you've missed school, so it, before you write an exam or whatever, you've already got thirty percent. You know, it's a it's tricky a one. It's a, it's yeah. a cop out. I think it doesn't yeah. deal with the issue. It we're doesn't. trying to, because then we're, we're basically filtering students through a process, that, an inefficient process. And we expect, we, we think the solution is batching people out of um, a funnel that they have a certificate that says I went to school. But really, what's more important is teaching people from the onset and helping them and educating them to be able to be people who can leave that funnel with the ability to solve problems, but not. If I add thirty percent in the beginning, it doesn't really deal with the issue. But so I, I hear. I don't know if it actually happened, thought. but there were there were discussions mm. uh, about yeah. that because because people were saying, you know what, look, it's unfair as well for mm. you to grade mm. ch- children who've been in and out of school, True. who've had to True. learn a new way of of school. Um, mm. But yeah, I'll need to confirm. But there were discussions, and I also was around like, that. Hmm, I don't know what I sure. what I think yeah. about that. Yeah. Sure. So, so there's a big problem which we might, you know, we might not solve in the next half an hour. But yeah. But I think it's it's good to see that the, you you have been doing work to kind of try alleviate, um, how can I say, alleviate maybe strain in a particular area that really needs a glimmer of hope. And you know, as 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 I said before, I'm always willing to help whatever it is that you're doing. But yeah, if there's anyone listening, it would be great if there's some sort of holistic, detailed solution that we can help tackle this problem is. And if they can yeah. reach out to you, that would be great. But um, you're, you're dealing with this interesting world of, of, you know, NGO and philanthropy. I want to just take it back to like maybe the beginning and, and to see what the your journey was to, you know, then in which you got into the space. But maybe I'll start off like early days. Um, you know, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Yeah, maybe I'll take it back to the beginning and find out where you're born and where you grew up. <laughs> So I was born in Harare, uh, 1st of June, 1991. Um, I can't remember what the hospital was called. But um, so at the time, my parents met probably a year before that, or two Mm -hmm. years before that. They got Mm -hmm. married really young at about 22. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mm And my dad had just started his career as a DJ. And so he's the infamous Tish Mataz that sure. some of, I think our generation know, but our parents' generation definitely know. And so yes. um, when I was born, we then immediately moved to, I, I don't know what it's called now, but it's called Bobutatswana. It was Bobutatswana. It's got a different name now. Yes. So no, goodness me, it's escaping me. Anyway, but continue, yes, but yes. Yes. So yes. yeah, um, Boputatswana. So that's where we went. Um, he had a job there, mm-hmm. and I think we lived there for a year or two, and then mm-hmm. he then got a job at Five FM, mm-hmm. and then we. Oh, in, in South Africa, in South Africa. Yeah, in, in South Africa. Africa, he then got mm-hmm. a job at Five FM. Um, he was actually the first black DJ, Five FM. Really? And, um, yeah. He was actually the first black DJ, and yeah, and so we lived there for 
maybe eight years, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And then, well, I have, well, my parents had another child. So my mm -hmm. brother, his name is Tino. Mm -hmm. So it was the two mm -hmm. of us. And because I was so young, I don't really remember what that life was like. My yes. mom tells me it was wild and mm -hmm. all over the place, you know. But it was yes. also very hard for them because they were foreigners and um, uh, South Africans didn't quite like that, you know, there's this mm -hmm. foreign black guy who is doing so well. Yes. Um, so a lot of stuff happened. It, our lives actually were not safe anymore. So we moved back. Uh, mm. I remember actually moving like very abruptly in the middle of the night. Um, and that's how we came back to Zim. Um, yes. And for the most part, I don't even know how to speak Shona. <laughs> I always say the name, you know. I didn't even learn to speak the language there. But anyway, that was sort of like mm. the, the, my childhood. Um, we moved mm -hmm. back to 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 Zim, and then um, and then went to Alex Park. Um, at, mm -hmm. In SA, I was at a Christian school. Um, mm -hmm. Land. And then when I came, when we moved over here, I went to Alex Park. My mom's cousin was actually the headmaster there. So we, when we moved, she's like, which schools? Obviously, it was like, they should come to Bias, <laughs> come to Alex Park. <laughs> sure. And so yes. that's where we went. I was there till like grade seven. So I think when we, when we left, maybe it must have been grade, maybe two, I think. Um, yes just got there joined the class and yeah and then from there i went to cheesy um mm -hmm. which was an interesting wait maybe maybe i'll pause i'll pause before you got to what was that transition going like from south africa to zim especially at a young age was it a frictionless transition i know of course you had your parents yeah. and your brother but was it quite easy yeah yeah it was i would say it was very very easy you know i i wish mm. that i probably was older to have really experienced mm. what that life was like. Yes, um, yes. But I was just a child, you know. I was just a child mm. and I didn't really care. And as it's weird because a lot of people then say, you know, you, you never really say who you are, where you come from. But for me, my dad mm -hmm. is my dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yes. Um, I only hear of stories from my parents that, oh, so we mm. met this person and this person used to come and dinner at our house and this person, yes. and this person, and this person. But yes. honestly, to me, it was just like, okay, we've moved. My my parents um, have the person coming over. Oh, cool. Okay, Whatever. cool. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. We've mm. moved and it was seamless. Um, our mm. family was here anyway. And so mm. life just began here and we've been here ever since you know sure um sure yeah so you went to okay so you went to cheesy after you went to chispity after um alex park um yeah yeah for form one to form six what was that on a broad level what was that experience like at you know at high school there oh. <laughs> <laughs> triggering <laughs> look to be honest you know i yes. think it's a case study that needs to be done about girls schools I, I, I particularly did not, I don't want to say completely, I had some moments, but I didn't particularly enjoy my high school experience. And we'll get into why, but right. for me, I, 
yeah, it was very weird. The other day, I actually saw someone who did a reel, and they 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 went to Gandhi, and she literally yes. took a drive to go back to her old school, and I was like, wow, that must be so some nice. Pe- some people actually do this. Like, I'll have to some go back to my high school too. They go right, back to right. school and they feel nostalgic yes. for me. I have mm. been back there to do work, but there definitely is no like. And a lot of people feel like this. They just don't say it. Where mm-hmm. high school was tough for some people. And I was definitely one of those people who had a tough high school experience. Mm. Do you think it's... Be- and I've, For example, I went to boarding school, all boys boarding school. And sometimes you'd be there. And of course, it was a great school. But you, you'd, uh, you'd be acutely aware of the fact that all boys schooling is not for everyone. Or, mm-hmm. your, or, or or this particular type of lane when it comes to senior school education is fine for some people, but definitely not should be for some people. So would you? So you would kind of feel the same from from your high school so. experience. Mm-hmm. I think so, and I think because mm-hmm. I was at a co-ed primary school, mm-hmm. and then I was with girls, right? And then you have like the cheesy J. Uh, you go that come yeah. through yes they come through from, knowing each you know, other <laughs> at a certain um preschool together then they're yes. at junior school together and then they're mm-hmm. at high school together so they understand that though i think it's not much of like a difference i guess because if you have brothers and stuff you kind of you can have, yes. have that co-ed experience but you know when you watch mean girls have you watched that movie before <laughs> of course Regina George, Gretchen Wiener. Um, yeah, so you, you can feel, you can felt it. You felt it. Yeah, you 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 can feel it. And the funny thing though is, when you speak to other girls who went to other schools, they wish they came to Chizzy. So I think it's a girls thing. <laughs> you speak to someone from Arundel, and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, we really wanted to come to Chizzy. Chizzy but, seemed yeah. fun." And you're like, "Oh my gosh, I wish I went to Arundel." So, yeah. For me, I, I wish it had been better. You're right. Yeah. And and I know one of the things from what I understood from, our, I guess, our friendship is that one of the things that made it even more difficult is, you know, you getting endometriosis um, during your time there. So maybe for someone listening, tell us a little bit more about what that even is, because I don't, I don't think not everyone is fully versed on um, that condition, if I can call it that, and yeah. you know what impact did it have on your high school experience um, whilst you're there? So I mean, that's that's exactly why uh, you're a good interviewer, by the way. Dude. You know, <laughs> it's 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 flowing. You know, that's exactly why I I think I have a bit of a bad relationship with with mm-hmm. high school. Um, so I started my period when I was actually nine. Um. Mm. So, okay, another important um, important thing that I didn't speak about is <coughs> my parents then split up at, um, actually shortly mm. after we, we moved back. So mm. I must have been about 10, mm-hmm. I think 10 or something, nine or 10. But I remember right. when I started my period, my mom was not there. Um, so I was at school. So you're living with your period. father at this stage. You're living with your father at this yes, stage, I, and now you're, I was your menstrual cycle. I don't remember whether yes. it was like a separation stage. I don't know, but I know my mom was sure. not there. 
Um, and so I started at school. Um, and, you know, you are, they, they kind of explain to you like biology a bit, or they tell you, you know, if you happen to start your period at um, during school, then let a teacher know. So that's what I did. Um, she was a very, very nice teacher. So today I remember her. So when I got picked up from school, what's her, what, was her, what was her name? What was her name? Mrs. Chilimanzi. Um, and this is at this is at Alex Park. What is he? Is that Chizzy? Alex Park? Alex Park. Okay. And yes. so, um, she, 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 I, and you know, she waited for my dad to come mm. and she called him aside. She's like, this is what's happened with Tine. So I know, mm. like, her mom is not around. I would suggest you do A, B, C, D. Mm -hmm. And so we went to the shops and I promise you the guy bought like all different types of pads because he didn't know either. Of course. So he's, you guys <laughs> yes. different types yes. of pads. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I just get this plastic and it's like, you know, there. And I'm also trying to figure mm -hmm. out, okay, what do you do with these things? I think, I think I'll help my, I'll help her helped me out to something. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so yeah, that was my, that's how I started my period. And I had no issues at all at mm -hmm. all it just was there and i started was one of the first girls you know in my class to start and at the time you actually think it's cool like i started first right ETC, right the other girls haven't started <laughs> and um wait tell me something on that yeah. on that one on that one point before i let you finish there might be some that's particular situation around you staying with your dad him having a daughter who's starting her mm. period I can imagine that there are numerous men who might have been who are more or may act, are actually in similar situations. Um, what mm -hmm. advice would you give to any person who's a dad who was like listening? You know, that could be me in the future, right? Who's like got this daughter and doesn't even know mm -hmm. where to even start. What, what advice would you kind of give to, yeah, to any man who's kind of might be in a similar no, situation as your father was? Mm. Yeah. First of all, I think it's so hard because generally, okay, did what? What were you guys taught at school? You went to an old boys school. Yes. Like, did it, did, it was just yeah. the biology or they didn't even bother to tell you because they're like, you know, it doesn't concern them. Can I, can I tell you? So for me, I remember I used to, I changed to do biology when I was 17. I remember the first time fully understanding the menstrual cycle, I was 16. Okay. And we, I did biology and that was probably like one of my favorite, strangely, the, one of my favorite parts of biology was understanding how the menstrual cycle works. Mm. But then I remember like being, I was part of that bio class and there were maybe in a grade of a hundred boys, maybe about 15, 20 boys doing it. So what I wondered was like, geez, I'm of course getting this knowledge, but how about the 80 other boys in the grade who aren't actually privy to what is, you know, a uterine lining? What is a cycle, you know, what, is, what, are, what are all of these? What is a fallopian tube? What all of these things? Yeah. And so yeah. that's so I was, of course, have exposure, but I can safely say I don't think everyone was fully given that same insight. Um, so and, and, we don't and, really know, the, if I'm honest. Yeah. And the truth is, I think we were all taught that way, like mm. what mm. it looks like, what mm. what what a fallopian tube is. But the truth is, like, mm -hmm. I, I would, especially in, in junior school, right? If you're co mm. in, the boys are laughing. Okay. Right. The boys are right. laughing. Um, and so you're just wanting that lesson to finish and you're like, ugh, I don't know. Okay, so back to that question. Awkward. I think mm. Mm. men have to kind of take the time to Google, mm -hmm. understand. There's so much information out there of how mm -hmm. it works, um, 
how to speak to your daughter about a first period. It doesn't even need to be a case like mine. What about if your wife has traveled? You know what I mean? I guess maybe you can call and be like, you know what? She started her period. But let me tell you something. It's not just men. Okay. There are Mm. women and aunties and gogos and etc who live with girls and what you are told is okay one day blood is going to come out you know they there are people who don't even understand where the blood is coming from you know Mm. Mm. blood is going to come out um and when that happens just make sure you don't sleep around because you will fall pregnant that is what you usually get taught you know by tete um, right. or mom or Google, of which, again, the society we're living in now, we don't really have that relationship. Yana, Tete, Nana, Google. We're op- so urbanized. Open. Right, right, right. Yeah, we're so urbanized. Um, I think our mothers assume that we know what's going on, but the other mm-hmm. issue is they actually don't know what's going on because nobody sat down and spoke to them either, you know? Mm. And mm. so I would say don't especially for men, don't assume it's just a woman's issue because you you will at some point need to deal with a woman on your period. You've got a sister. I have right. a brother. Um, mm-hmm. You have a girlfriend. You have a wife and she's going through right. it. And being completely clueless is not going to help you. And right. so that happens. So read. Um, so read. So basically, read. to anyone who's saying read, try to ask understand. Questions, ask, quest- you know? ask questions. Ask questions. I remember my brother would ask me, like, so where does the blood come out from? I'm like, you know, it comes out from the vagina. But, you know, it sounds mm. like a silly question, but he's trying to understand. Mm. It's a, yeah, exactly. Like, it's a good question. He's reading what's going on and then what happens, mm. you know? Mm. Ask the mm. questions. Um, I think also. I'll also take blame for institutions. We've recently started doing it as well, where when we're having mm-hmm. talks, we incorporate the guys. There's women empowerment, so much of it, but like who's having conversations with the men and the with boys? The men. Because you know? they should be able to almost like, I should be able to have the conversation to be like, guys, this is what is actually happening when X, Y, and Z is going on, you know? Yes. But, and I think also like creating a safe space in which, um, a male should feel comfortable enough to impart, impart that knowledge to other men as well, as opposed to just yeah. some women. And to and to ask that silly question and be told, actually, no, it works like mm. this. Um, mm. Yeah, so mm. that happens. No issues. Go to high school. No issues with it. And um, one day I was coming from Scripture Union. So I mm. see my, my other high school experiences, I was like, well, I got... I always went to church, but I really, really like understood salvation in form two. And mm. um, I was part of scripture union. I used to serve upper six. I ended up becoming the head of scripture union, which was, I don't know why, to a lot of people, uncool, you know? And so I was the really? scripture union girl. Oh, you were that, yeah. oh, you were that, you were that chick on, on at school. And I'm telling you so that you, you understand the context. So sure. I'm coming from yeah. scripture union that day. And then I feel like this funny side pain and I'm like, what's going on? Okay, this is weird. Anyway, life moves on. Um, It comes and it goes, comes and it goes. And because I've never had issues surrounding my period, I'm like, something is wrong. And what I used to do is I used to track my days. So tracking days means like if you start on the seventh, you kind of know, okay, seven, if you have a 21 day cycle, if you and this, and this is your period, three, right? Do you track your this days is your of period, your period? Yeah. So you start sure. on the seventh, 
let's say you have a three-day cycle, it's going to be seventh till about 10, 11, and then you wait another 21 days and it comes back. And then because I used to track it, I was able to actually see, you know, things haven't been normal. My because you're so busy off. at school. You, yeah, you mm. know, high school can be so busy. You're in class. You've got afternoons class. You've got clubs. And another big thing was I struggled with sports. So I played soccer, which was not like high impact, but I still struggled with sport. You know, I would just have mm. so much pain after sport to the point where, ah, you know, at the teacher was like, you know, this one, just leave her, you know, mm-hmm. even got mm-hmm. a doctor's letter to say, I struggle with sport, cross country, I couldn't do it. So things start to link up. Like I have some type of health issue, but I don't know what's going on. Um, so after some time, after realizing this, I communicated again at the right. time, I'm still living with my dad. Okay. My mom mm-hmm. was, <clears throat> my mom, half of the time she was either not in Zim or not in actually uh, in Harare. Yeah. So I'm living with my dad. I see her holidays and other times and, but he's remarried. Okay. At this point. Okay. And, okay. um, so I'm c- communicating as well. Like I don't feel well. I don't know what it is. We go to our family doctor, right? You know, who's treated people since, I don't know, we go to the same church, that sort of thing. Um, yes. And she says to me, you know, I think it's all level stress because it was about that time when you're doing, you know how we did double, all so, it was basically two years. Yes, yes. Mm. So whilst you're, whilst you're having this, all of this um, pain, <clears throat> you, are, you, are you just basically having infrequent period cycles? So like a perpetual yes, in, infrequent just, right at the time sure. infrequent mm. longer mm. more painful mm. right um mm. and so what i'm missing school some days or i go to school in the morning and i'm okayish and by like 10 i'm dying and i'm mm. going to the to the sick bay um mm. and by now even teachers are like what's going on with her like Yes. This is not her. And I am very, I'm, I'm a person who's serious about whatever I'm doing. So, mm. you know, they're like, she's slacking a bit on her work. Um, you know, she's kind of dragging her feet. I was even struggling with my bag. One of my friends, you know, she would even carry my bag for me. And so, like, it's like something is wrong. But we've gone to the doctor and the doctor says, well, we can't find anything wrong with her. I think she's stressed. She's writing exams. Let's see. So just before we write all level exams, I started bleeding profusely now where it did not stop. And my doctor's like, okay, obviously you're not gonna be able to sit for almost a month doing exams whilst you're bleeding like this. So I was put on a form of contraception, which is a injection called Depo. And that yes. didn't work out well. I actually bled, bled more. So when I wrote my all level exam, I literally like went in with a blanket a hot water bottle was given extra time and like teachers just had to watch me because I could faint like so because I was losing so much blood I could be having a conversation with someone at school and just like go down and no one knows at any point what is going on with your body no at this point now it's she's pretending she's looking for attention this is yeah it's like yeah you know, uh, the scripture union girl is, yeah, is just, oh, yeah. She's, she's doing a lot. She's like, oh, there she's she goes. Oh, yeah. yeah goodness you know. me. She comes to school with a hot water bottle and it's summer. Like, what's her problem? You know? Mm, mm, 
<laughs> and so I laugh about it now, but that's exactly what was happening. And um, so I, I, at the point I told myself, okay, look, and I would speak to my dad and say, I can't go to that school anymore, move me. And he's like, no, you're about to finish. You know, life is like that. You know, you know, he gives you the pep talk. Life is like that. Mm, and I'm mm. like, no, it's really bad. And not everyone was bad, but you kind of feel like you're always being watched. And, you know, people say a lot of things. Um, I, I, at some point, people were saying I had an abortion. That's why I bleed so much. It was crazy. It was so crazy. And um, mean. Yeah. So anyway, I told myself, okay, I've got about two years left. Here. What was the what was the lo- what was the lowest point? What was the lowest point? What was the lowest point? Low lowest point I think was not really having a support system. I had a group of friends that I loved so much. And um, mm. literally one day they sat me down and said, We can't play with you. And it sounds silly. But I remember being sat down and being told, you know, this is too much. We can't. And so we would see each other in the corridors and not speak. Literally like mean, like the movie Mean Girls. Literally. Yeah, and not speak. And um, that was hard and would be in the same, you know, kind of class. And then sometimes you, you, you ask to do group work and you happen to be with one of them. <laughs> and uh, I think that for me was the lowest. And I kind of... I, I isolated myself. I did my, my work. I spent a lot of time in the library and I just said to myself, I need to get through this after all I'm at school to learn. But you know, the social part is very important. Cool. Um, so that's that's your form, form for lower six. By the time we got to upper six, I must say a few people were like, honestly, this girl cannot be pretending for like For this years. long? For this long? Yeah, yeah it's real. A mm-hmm. few people now are like, yeah, but they mm-hmm. don't want to show that they actually mm-hmm. care or they're mm-hmm. empathizing. And again, we still don't know what's wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Still don't know what's wrong. And you get to the point where you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Something is wrong with me. I don't know, but let me get on with it. Um, and so I promise you, you know, when the last day of school, some people were crying. I was like, thank you, Lord. Finally. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they, they. I do have like people that were, that I was like, wow, I'll miss them. But generally the atmosphere, I was like, I'm not going to miss this. I'll miss some people, um, but I'm not going to miss this whole thing. And um, so, yeah, that high school part. That was high like, school. That was so high tell school. me something. This is tough, right? Life can be un- not, I don't want to say unfair, but it, yeah, it can be unfair and what it is sometimes where in high school careers, there's certain critical points in, you know, that are make or break years, if I can, if I can put them that way. So O-Level is one of them right from like a marks academic perspective and then a level as well then you are really hit with this with endometrial or you are hit with this thing that you don't know that you're having Mm. in Mm. those two pinnacle years so of course like from the onset you're not i don't want to say at a disadvantage but you've been hamstrung in a in a way right because you can't perform at an optimal level at this stage so so the question i have is like so then after you know you finish high school where you're did you, were you at a place where you were happy with your output? Um, 
from an academic perspective and did that compromise what life looked like for you afterwards you know what i'm saying so interesting enough o level i did well but like i'm a perfectionist so o level sure. for me was a white blazer i didn't care what it looked like what the grades looked like i was getting a white blazer what does a white blazer then, mean what does a white blazer mean i can't remember it's like 10 and start something ridiculous like that like right. now i laugh right. People yeah. do it, but it's but a lot back of it's a big deal, right? <laughs> These things now that I we, I don't like. you know, you, you almost get to kill yourself for a piece of paper that for a piece of fabric, a piece of fabric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and garment, so, anyway. So, uh, because of everything, teachers have already told me, and you know, I wasn't like the, you know your first class and uh, a performer, and teachers already sat me down and said, you know what, Tine, you may not. achieve what you want to achieve we want you to know it's okay you know they were really good and i'm like no 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 um i'm getting that white blazer and you know you do your vision boards and what 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 what, what? <laughs> come manifest, result manifest. day manifest manifest yeah, yeah, yeah. manifest come result yeah. day uh i i get my results and so i'm not looking at the results i'm counting the a stars huh really you're not saying <laughs> that's what i'm doing Yeah. I cry, so I cry. People are coming. What's wrong? I'm just passing the piece of paper. I'm like, oh my gosh, well done! You did so well. What, 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 what? Um, and I did do well, very, very well. I had A stars, mm. um, mm. <clears throat> but they were not ten. <laughs> A stars, jeez, and that's Jeez. now. So I get yeah. in the car. I show my dad. He's shocked. He's like, mm. okay, how did she do this in this? condition wow great this that mm. and he, he, he's asking what's your problem no i didn't mm. get the white blazer what is this you just want to wear a white blazer what's your problem <laughs> it's like, a white blazer yeah right? yeah yeah anyway yeah. so there was that and then now funny now lower six i'm like i don't care about this thing come mm. lower six mm-hmm. i did the most now right mm-hmm. i got mm-hmm. like um i think it was uh can't remember but a level i got like three a's um for no um as so yes they would do um they would it's kind of different you guys did matric right yeah yeah we did matric but you matric. you i know in the how can i say you guys did you did ig you did as as levels then a levels afterwards right yes so mm. um at as level i got like three a's and i was shocked like what is mm-hmm. this you know even mm-hmm. the teachers were like huh but i think mm-hmm. it's because i wasn't like concentrating so much on the blazer anymore i was just like let's do it let me do mm-hmm. let, let's do it mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. that for me was a lesson because it became an obsession i think because i was trying to prove to people that even though i'm on wow I can still do it and it was like it wasn't about the blazer. Mm. And then come A level I also do well and there was a particular teacher who was she sat me down and she's like wow Tini like wow wow wow, wow. what's going mm. on you know mm. um to mm. me just hold on now do you think I'm bit 
Yeah, sorry, you're gonna have to cut mm. some of this stuff. Nah, you're fine. You're fine. That's how okay. we record it. Um, so we can... Cool. So Sam does a teacher. Yeah, so there's a it's just my helper who's walking in and out. Um mm-hmm. so there's a teacher who's like, Wow, she was very nice. Her name her name was Mrs. M and she was the most feared teacher at Chizzy, but she was so nice to me, like like she didn't want anybody to mess with me and she's like oh my gosh timmy what is this? this is so great but at the time i wasn't obsessed with it anymore i was just like okay great results let's move on so in terms of performance not not it didn't affect me that much because i'm a good learner um mm. I'm, I'm organized um and i think i i pushed to do what i could um and yeah I, I was just happy it worked that out I okay. did, um, yeah, and you know, I would have options at this point for uni, but mm. then we get into that. Yes. Know? So yeah. So what happened like after that? So you've you've pushed through um, your health your health issues at the stage, or you're pushing through rather, and then you finish yeah. high school. So then what was? Of course, you've been working a lot of this stuff now, but what was that transition? So you now know what I'm I am. Um, so you know when you're in upper six you have your your plans of um i'm gonna go to this uni etc what did you want to be what did you want to be by the way did you want to be anything <laughs> yes a I lawyer know. yes really i actually I applied to be a lawyer. for law such <laughs> a fun it's weird applied for yeah. law only because i was told you're bright you'd be a great lawyer. I would have been a terrible lawyer, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I knew that. But yes. you, you, that or a doctor, um, those were the two options. Uh, and then during my high school experience, I was so engulfed in like talking to people. I was a listener. I would get into the community um, projects at school. And sometimes I would say, I want to be a social worker. And my family would be like, what's that? Social worker, what's that? I have is the, an is uncle. The money in, is there money in social work? <laughs> is there, no, I have an see. uncle. Yes, I won't yes. say his name, but you know him. You know, yes. and he's, he's, he's very <laughs> blunt. Yes. He was like, yes. do you think social workers drive my beans? I'm like, no, that's what I want. She's like, no, way. we will never accept that in this family. You know, <laughs> in this family, we have people who work in deal finance, with money. Or we do this. Finance, yeah, yes. That's what people yes. do. Social worker, you're crazy. Yes. Mm. So we finish high school. We, I'm applying. I'm getting the places. I think I even got scholarships for two places. But if it was any time, Endo was like, let me do the thing. Now I'm bleeding nonstop. So what is Endo before we go on? So what is what? So endometriosis. Yes. Is so now we know what we're experiencing. We know what we're experiencing now, which is endometriosis. Okay. It's a Mm -hmm. whole other Mm -hmm. story for another day, but Mm -hmm. I eventually Mm -hmm. get a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, even after having an operation, I had an operation just after school. So I finished school twenty ten. I had an operation twenty eleven. At this point now. I was like, you know, let me go spend time with my mom because she will really understand it. So I then moved to my mom's 
and mm-hmm. we basically dedicating all our time to find out what is wrong what's going she's on she's like yeah because she's mm. like we can't send you all the way to at that point i wanted to go to the uk and we don't know what's wrong with you so yes let's do this thing so we start going to specialists in etc etc and they start saying look okay obviously this person can't be in pain for two to three years it's a reproductive condition but we're not sure and so i have an operation 2011 and i am di- diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome which uh means your ovaries just have little cysts on and that can cause pain bleeding but it's a male dominated disease so you have you know women who have like facial hair who struggle yes. with weight um yes. those are your, your top signs of sort of having pcos right um women who at you know such young ages are told that they um are showing signs of being pre-diabetic um missing periods as well and i didn't have that but that's what the doctor said i'm like okay but i didn't get better um and then so i carried on seeing doctors carried on seeing doctors carried on seeing doctors and started googling for myself Mm. again at this point my peers have started school by the way and i am I am Yo, just, your mom and her, just, I mean, your mom, mom just, and I'm just going round and round and round in circles. And you know, you're talking to people like, what are you doing? And I come still in Zim. And I think for me, that was also a hard part because I felt like, how did you feel? Oh how God. did you feel? Yeah. During that, during that period, everyone's moving on. I felt lines, like so you know? like behind, I felt very behind, like, you know what, this shouldn't be happening. I had the worst time in high school. Now, like, I feel like I'm being mocked again for being behind. Some people are in first year, second year. I haven't even started school and I still can't even give a reason why. Why? Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. but anyway, I eventually then traveled to South Africa. And I promise you in like 10 minutes, the doctor's like, you have this condition, it's called endometriosis. And I've, I've, I've read of it, I've read of it. Yes, yes, I've, I've read of it, I know it. And a doctor here had actually said to me, you're too young to have it and women of color don't get it and i was like but that's what this doctor said he's like no no that's nonsense you have it i know you've had another surgery do you want to do another one i'm like no i i can't i i'm still recovering from that one what can we do so the journey starts so you have the diagnosis the journey starts and then they start telling you all these things so you've got endo because it was found late and obviously being treated late you're stage four you're probably not going to have kids. They're giving you all these options. So you've got the diagnosis. You should be happy. Like, okay, I know what's wrong with me. But at the same time, in a space of 10, 15 minutes, you've been given so much information and you need to make a decision. So I was like, let me go think about it. So I decided to just do, you know, oral hormones, things that I can take as tablets. And I did that for some time just to manage because I was diagnosed stage four. It is the worst stage. And at this point, I am in pain every day, not mm. just psycho-related, taking painkillers every day. And I'm trying to create a new normal for myself. And at least I can tell people, look, I have this. And you almost want to like go to other people or, or family members and be like, guys, I told you something was wrong. You something know? was wrong. It's a, th- it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a yes. thing. You know, yes. it's a thing. Um, 
And so, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 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 we find out what we we find out that you've been diagnosed with endometriosis. Um, we have to, of course, make these decisions as to like, oh, come to terms with your reality. And everyone's moving on in your life. But of course, you have this epiphany or you, you have this news. So at this stage, what does this mean for you from a schooling perspective, but then also from like a career perspective, if I can call it that? Like, was this like a cross? Because it's a cross, it's a pivotal moment, right? You're like, this is a crossroads. You know, I either make the most of it or I, I wallow in my self-pity you know what did you make out of that situation um so for i think the first obviously whilst looking for a diagnosis i was very very depressed um mm. my mom always used to question me she's like did something happen to you when i was not around like you don't realize that you're actually depressed and you're withdrawn and because it's it's a horrible place to be in. And um, so now I understand what's going on. I understand what I'm dealing with. I understand my options. During this time, I had thought about doing online distance learning education, but I'll be honest, I think again, I'm like, people are gonna laugh at me again and be like, oh, she does school online ETC, ETC, Mm. you know? But that's an option for me now. Okay, there's UNISA, I ask around, people tell me, yeah, I, I did a degree with it, this, 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 and the nice thing is it's flexible, you know, you create your own hours. And so now, also aha moment, I apply for law. Something happened. I just didn't get my kit that semester. I didn't mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. And in this moment I'm in, you know what you're asking me a moment of reflection and i'm like okay Mm. there's two ways to deal with this Mm. either i take this on and try to make the most of it or i keep fighting this thing and i decided no i'm gonna make the most of it so i sat down and i was actually like i don't want to be a lawyer i actually don't want to be a lawyer and i sat my family down and i'm like i've been through so much i'm not about to do something that i don't want to do so i'm going to do psychology i'm not sure which type but i'm going to sit i'm going to go through what i want to do same time again um like i said i was always like very interested in community work and because i'm at home and i'm doing nothing you know i am sitting and i'm like what do i really want to do and i have you know the old black counter books i'm writing i want to do this i want to do this so you're writing literally just thinking like writing and thinking because i've got so much time i'm at home i'm in bed so much time i'm writing i'm like but how do i do this because i'm not well i don't have a degree who's going to listen to somebody who doesn't have a degree okay so what i did was I spoke to someone who was like in the NGO space and I started moving around with them just to see what it looked like. And I'm like, no, this is more about passion. And I remember I did my first outreach. It just made sense. I then applied for community and health psych because I knew I wanted to get into wellness and also help community. So that's what I applied for. And my staff came and I started, that's 2014 now. Um, and then my first outreach, I literally went to kids cancer, um, Mm. 
and I and I sat there with 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 some kids uh, who have cancer, and you know we had some treats and stuff like that. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. For the first, you could time, feel it. What what is it about that moment that made you feel like yeah, yes? I could feel it. Like I'm like for the first time. Not that I'm not in pain. This is not about me. This is about someone else, and I can relate to these children, you know. Mm, and mm. Um, so I started off very small, like you know, uh, at that time there's Facebook. Hey guys, I want to visit this place. Can you donate etc etc etc? But on the fly, and remember, I'm also doing the degree at the same time. And you're learning about yes. community, you're learning about ownership, you're learning about certain things, and mm -hmm. they would then also say um you know please try and volunteer certain number of hours so that you also get like the practical and here i am doing it anyway so i sit down and i'm like you know what this is what i want to do i'm going to call my organization as i am foundation because i want people to be seen as they are you know with you know whatever they're going through but also as you know i was called the sick girl you know right. but that's not who right. i am right you know right i have the condition and whatever so take me as i am you know and so that's mm -hmm. how it was birthed and so i start mm -hmm. asking around how do you register how do you do this that's a whole tedious work mm -hmm. and i start mm -hmm. i just start mm -hmm. small groups etc etc you start getting good reputation to where i am now but then also as i'm doing the work there's com the community side remember i'm also dealing with my health issues you're yes. talking to women in these areas and then you realize people have no information. I've got a diagnosis. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm the only person in Zimbabwe with endo, which is not true. Which is not true, of so, course. There must be there must be other people like myself there that must exist be other up there. people like me. Right. You know. Right. And then one of the main issues, late diagnosis, no information, you know myths. I would be told. In greater manner, you know, if you have a child, it would disappear. And doctors sent me down and like, it's not that. This is nah, a condition, honey. okay? This is a thing. <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> and so, um, that in oh. that part, I remember my grandmother's sister is a nurse at Lancet, and so mm -hmm. she did blood tests on someone else who had endo, and you know. Google, who doesn't even know how to say it. It's like, my, mm. my, 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 my granddaughter has this. Get in touch with her. So I didn't speak to that lady. I'm like, that's someone else, you know? So we're talking and I'm like, mm -hmm. surely it can't be just us. Mm -hmm. I went onto Facebook. I realized there's tons of Facebook groups of women. It's a whole community. Yeah. It's a whole there's community. There's a whole community, yeah. right? Mm. But mm. guess what? There isn't a Zim community. There's the UK one, the USA one, Barbados, there's no Zim. And I'm like, mm. Mm -mm, no. And so I was like, I'm starting the community. So I started the community. I think we were about four women. And at the time, I'm like, is this going to work? And I'm talking about it on, on you know, Facebook and then on Instagram. Remember, I started using Instagram quite late. Someone said, right. you should use it for, for, you know, the stuff you talk about. Awareness, right. Awareness. And um, people started listening now, like she's onto something, you know, you start, things just start making sense. You know, you go on radio, you go TV. Mm -hmm. And in the very beginning, I think it was about 2015, I then had another operation 2015, 2016. 
I would get bad feedback. Hey, why are you talking about stuff like that? Really? You shouldn't be talking. Really? Yeah, and this is on Facebook. People are commenting. Why are you talking about stuff like that? That's not right. A period is a secret. I'm like, oh, okay. no, please, no, me. please, no. I oh. remember I'll never forget someone who actually said she's a witch. You know, imagine she's a witch because. Um, <laughs> Goodness me, yeah. the ignorance, yeah. the ignorance. Because she can't be talking uh, about um, going on a period like all the time. It's not normal, what not, what not. And I'm like, we have a serious problem here now. If people can't even empathize. And you aren't, I think, the more I hear about it, it's not like you're doing it for yourself. It's really not about you. You're doing it for others who might who might not have had a voice or kind of giving voice to other other women who might be going through the same thing. That's really why you're doing yeah. it, not for yourself. You know? You know? Yeah. And so at that point, you know what? I I start, I, I, I'm generally a soft person. Um, but I was like, I need to have tough skin if I'm going to do this because I, I'm telling the truth and this happens. You know, sometimes I'll be on forums with doctors who will be like, no, that's not true. It's crazy. No, 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 that's not true. There's no way someone mm. can bleed for a whole year. And I'm like, but that happened to me. It's my experience, you know. Mm -hmm. But then, mm -hmm. like, when you then speak to other women, you're like, okay, well, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. It's fine. And so mm -hmm. I started the the Zim Endo Support um, group here and mm -hmm. um, doing awareness, speaking about it. And now we're like um, over 100 women. We've just started a project very very exciting project where we are using bitcoin to alleviate um mm. financial yeah with uh, a, a company called impact market so yes. because the condition is very expensive i had i've had four surgeries and it's not been easy hey right where you know as a family you sit and people contribute and this 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 you're on medication every day and because of the way the disease is so debilitating a lot of us cannot like uh keep a full-time job i'm fortunate mm -hmm. that i work for myself or i yes. i do my own thing but mm -hmm. some women don't have that some women didn't even finish school there's a particular lady in our community who is a trained nurse but you can't work because you can't be on her feet every day because she's in pain and so she's just sitting at home she has had 13 surgeries and so we recently started so how do, so how do, a, okay yeah go on yeah, yeah how do people finance a, a, this because of project, course yeah. yes yes a project so it's it's support like emotional support it's information so that you don't go around and around in circles it's if you think you have these symptoms we actually have an endo doctor but people don't know that there's an endo doctor in zim you would rather go to the specialist pay so much than go to 205 well not 200 but like 10 doctors but yes you know sure get mm. your diagnosis quickly get treated quickly you know and so that's what i was like okay issues early diagnosis emotional support financial support right because remember it's not all of us who um, went to Chizzy and have endo, hey? It's people from all walks of life. Yes. And so 
we recently started um, a, we're in partnership with a company called Bitflex and Impact Market, where we have like a crowdsource uh, platform um, where we've started very small. At the moment, it's 10, but it will increase and increase because we're sort of testing it out where women get a certain amount of money every week to buy their drugs um, and their pads. Because when you have a condition like endometriosis, you might be on for two months, you know, and that becomes highly expensive. And you know, you know, STEM is hard. And so we've we've been doing that. And uh, I think that, that it makes me very proud to know at least, you know, some women are getting a little bit of help. You know, I can't mm -hmm. fix the problem. I, I, I wish there was a cure. There is no cure. But it's it's nice to see that women have a platform to speak, and you know, you know, other women know exactly know exactly what you're speaking about. Um, they are getting what we did is we chose the most vulnerable, um, and so they get their payouts every week. It's a transparent process. It's actually an app, and so people can see that this money went to this person, etc., etc. Right. Um, so, yeah. so what cryptocurrency helps do is it brings transparency around like if mm -hmm. I'm not my money is not getting lost in the bond note abyss. Exactly, it gets deployed. I mean, the only issue wherever, that we right? do have is because it's cryptocurrency, but regulation. The, you know, but we yeah. have a mm -hmm. we have found a way to get it to the women as cash. Um, mm -hmm. But it's 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 a brilliant idea actually, and um, for sure, you know. Yeah, I, I, and I'm, I'm hoping to use it even with other projects. Um, mm -hmm. But particularly for this one, the company was, was um, they wanted to help women with endo because they were so shocked that, yo, this happens, you know, what can mm -hmm. we do? Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, those that's, that's basically how I got to where I am now. To, to do as I am. And oof, I well, firstly, yeah. I think there's one thing that's kind of standing out that throughout like your journey, I think there've been moments and inflection points where you often say, oh, but what will people think of me? Or yeah. what will what will they say? So what I guess, is that still a thing that you have for yourself? Or have you with time um, shaken that off? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Or do you kind of just nurse it as you go? Mm. I think I nurse it as I go. I have times where I question myself because we are in an age where there are certain things that are popular on social media. Mm. Um, mm. And so me constantly talking about periods, sometimes I'm like, hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, people are like, what's wrong with this girl? They're like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm constantly saying, guys, I need $5 for this and this and I'm this girl, you know? Yes. Um, but I must say, God has been good. He constantly reminds me um, when mm. I have those low days. You get a random message from someone who says, you know what, um, I saw this on Instagram and it helped my sister or it helped me. And so you nurse it as you go. And the, mm. the, the thing is, sometimes people forget that I'm going through it as well. So it can be quite overwhelming when you have 20 women who have answers and you're like, Yo, I didn't sleep last night as well, but um, okay. You know, <laughs> I'm not the advocate. So, I'm the endo yeah. warrior now, and I have to write. <laughs> yeah, and people get they get touchy sometimes. Hey, eh? they get very touchy. Like, 
why didn't she answer my call then, you know? But I remind myself that this is what I'm supposed, supposed to be doing. You remember why you started. You remember where you came from. And it's, a, you know, people always ask me. Why did you start? Choose... Why did you start? That's why, the question. I, why did, why you start? did I start? Um, to to make a change, to make a to make to be part of the solution. Um, you mentioned earlier in 2018. I think also one of my biggest moments 2018 when I was selected to be um, an Obama Foundation leader. Mm. Now I need mm. you to understand. I was with like your amazing people. Do you know that like we met? I always forget his name. The manager of Manchester United and. We, we met Obama. We met all these people, <laughs> right? Right. And then right. they're sitting, and basically it was a week of them encouraging, especially African leaders, to continue to do what they're doing because it's hard. And then you also meet people who've been in the community sphere longer than you have and who have done these amazing things, like they're the youngest ambassador, they're this, this, and this. You know, it's 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 funny enough in the community as well. We size right. each other, you know, like ooh, oh, they're like ooh, okay, this. yeah, <laughs> you know, ooh, this person right. did this, you know, right. this person's been knighted, you know. I met a girl who's been knighted by the Queen, um, because she has this um organization called Stantere. But let me tell you something to me. Yes, I was yeah. the only person out of hundred people who was talking about menstrual health issues. So we'd sit at dinner and you're trying to get to know people and they ask you, what do you do? And you explain to them and they look at you like, huh? Oh, okay, you're right. Um, and then there's people who've come with innovative ideas, you know, and um, it's a cash 22 because you feel like, wow, these guys actually were like, she's doing something. She needs to be part of this. But I also felt isolated because I felt like what I was doing was not cool enough, right? You're meeting people who are creating energy out of waste, you know, and you're talking about period poverty, you know, and some people also still look at you like, I then I think it was 2019, I then went to Unleash, which was in China, and that was more of a first world program. Believe yes. it or not, there's a lady from Deloitte who said to me, you're lying. What you're saying is not true. It can't, that still can't be happening in Africa. And I was like, oh my gosh, this school fees thing. She was like, no, 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 no. I, do I don't mean? believe that. What yes, do you mean? Yes. Mm. What do you mean that you guys mm. are still dealing with bread, bread and butter issues? You know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it looks glamorous. It's, to some people, it's like, wow, but there's so much that you fight for. And um, you constantly have to nurse yourself. I also speak to people, you know, when I feel like, oh, this is a, this is too much. Mm. Maybe, you know, I've got, I've got degrees. Maybe I should get a proper job. You know, sometimes I'm like, yeah. I'm <laughs> you say like, you ah, I'm going to throw in this towel because this is a, a lot yeah, to bear. This thing of, yeah. Sometimes people will, will be like, is it a proper job? But it is like 24 seven, you're thinking of solutions, you're doing grants, you're doing this, you're doing this, but to some people, it's not a conventional job as well. So I think you constantly have to nurse yourself and be like, and remember you started because you want to make a change. You want to be part of the solution. You wanted to count for something.
you know. Mm, um, mm, not mm. everyone can be an advocate, hey? Um, but for those who have the energy, you know, do it, you know. You can't complain about something and not be part of the solution or try. And yes, at the, at the Obama thing, the tagline was, we are the ones, right? So we are the that ones who are is. going to change the world you know and so yeah that's why why i started and i always think of i also think about where i was and i'd rather choose this one than being depressed and in bed you know so i always learn like you yes. know what i think this 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 um this is better than than where i was say five years ago yeah you know, five or six years ago look i would say first of all like congratulations um I know, I know I'm certainly proud and everyone else will be listening can feel the same. I think the power comes in the fact that you owned your, <laughs> I think, I think you, there's a very important moment where you kind of said, you took a pen in your hand, you're, you're looking at a notebook and you're just writing, what do I want to do? You know, you, you, mm. you, 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 were, you were where you were, but you literally rewrote your trajectory. You know what I'm trying to say with a pen and a paper, you literally wrote what you wanted to and, do and, and you owned your narrative. And let me tell you something. By the time I did graduate, the intro was moving, you know what I mean? But in my mind, I was like, who's going to listen? But let me tell you, half of the people don't even ask me like, so what mm. did you do? It's mm. more of the information you have and um, your passion. Half of the people are not, go are not saying, you know, I want to see your degree. And I think no. we get mm. so swamped in the accolades and, and what we have in ETC just start mm. you learn along the way mm. and your passion and your why my why is i'm also waking up every day and i'm in pain and i'm like you know what this is why we need to fix these issues right mm. some people i guess they burn out or they're like it's not worth it and i think sometimes because you forget why you're even doing what you're doing if there's no purpose mm. for it trust me you are going to have challenges and it's very easy to throw in the towel and say you know what mm. it's okay mm. i tried you know mm. yeah mm. Okay. so so we are where we are right now right and you've and you've owned your you've owned your journey you've felt pain you've you know I think you wrote a book actually called Turning Pain into Power, right? And you've really yeah. learned to like turn that pain into power and use your life as a platform to, of course, make, to live a life of purpose that is geared towards making life better for, for other people out there, right? Um, mm. One of the things I, I don't like is when we have people like yourself who are doing all of this work, but like there's not enough people getting behind them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because as you mentioned yeah. before, not everyone can be an advocate, right? So I think it's yeah. important that we, or the people that are around you, support you in any way that we can, right? So my question for you would be like, right <clears throat> now, out of the main things that you're working on, what are the main things that we could support you with? Is it taking it, yeah, maybe I'll pause there. What is the kind of key things that we can kind of get behind you and assist you with? Um, sharing information, you know, I think just the power of even sharing a post. Mm. Um, I think... You know, I always see these, you know, these posts on Instagram that say that you need to have people who mention your name in a room of opportunities, you know. Mm. So, for example, mm. the Bitflix thing, it was um, someone who mentioned my name, 
someone who happened to hear about it and said, we know the, we know the person you need. There's this, yes. There's this person, mm. you know, and I was mm. like, wow, you know, and mm. initially when you get such an opportunity, you're trying to prove yourself. And they're like, no, 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 no. Trust me. The person who, um, plugged who, you. Who, like who, who plugged you is like, don't worry, you know? So I think yes. things like that, supporting, posting, helping out where you can because community starts with the people you know you know right right for example with text initially it was 10 people that i know and then from there they told other people and they shared stuff and i think it's just about listening also helping is not always monetary but saying you know right. i know this person maybe speak to this person you know right um, so yeah, relationships, it, it could be a person yeah, saying, oh, there's, there's this education, right, right. There's yeah. this education Community. issue. Talk to, yeah. right. Talk to this person. Um, I have an uncle, do this, do this. I think, and I think also not, not, we need to avoid having apathy and saying this doesn't concern me, you know, um, because I think we look at things on social media and you're like, okay it doesn't concern me, it doesn't affect me, but you never know. <laughs> That's the thing mm. about life. You never know. So try and do your best wherever you can, you know. Mm. I even, mm. as as a community leader, I'll be honest, sometimes you look at another organization, right? And you're like, oh, why should I get involved? I'm also running my own. No, let's help each other out. If another organization is looking for something that you have, plug them. You know, mm. and let's keep mm. the this the the circle going and realize it's, it's not a competition. Let's collaborate. Let's help each other as young people to solve mm. these issues, because mm. we all have something we can give. I'm a very good programmer, right? Very very right. good, but I'm not a great mm -hmm. marketer, and right. I've had to like get in touch with other people who I look at uh, who have NGOs, and I'm like, how are you doing this? Because I'm not a yes. great marketer please help me so yeah like we just need mm. to help each other out and kind of be do you think we do enough of that do you think we do enough of that i don't think so no i don't think so i don't want to rile feathers but i think mm -hmm. huh, social media is the problem eh? i love social media but it's also a problem because i think sometimes our priorities are so wrong um i look at people in the entertainment industry or your influencers, those people support each other, you know? Right. They support right. each other. They, they, they repost each other. There's a thing about, I don't know, community and people who are familiar that sometimes we, I think we look, I look at you as do me, right? Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. do me who's done A, B, C, D. So I think See, we need yes. to, yeah. We need to improve on that, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, meet people where they are. Because I will say a lot of my loyal, loyal supporters are people I don't know. Mm -hmm. People who, like, when you meet them, they'll tell you your history and you'll be like, how did you know? And they're like, I follow, you know, I follow this stuff. <laughs> really, right, <laughs> right, know? right. You know, so I right. think we, we definitely need to do better and, and be honest and be like, you know what, Tina, I can't help you with money, but... Um, let me know if I can come pull through at an outreach. Let me know mm -hmm. if I can drive you. 
Let me know mm -hmm. if I can bake a cake. These are just examples of how we can help each other, you know, mm -hmm. um, and not always expect something out of it as well. Um, mm -hmm. My favorite quote is, we rise by lifting others. So that's exactly what it is. We just have to continue to, to lift each other up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I think on on that point, I guess the the last the parting question I have for, for you. Uh, firstly, this has been like great for me. Um, I think on that point, you talk about rise by lifting others. Um, for me, the thing I learned, I think specifically, is the power. The past year, I would say, is the power of storytelling and shining light yeah. on each other. And yeah. because people people might not remember the detailed information around how the menstrual cycle works, but they remember your story about the pain you went through um, in high school. And they'll hear that story in someone else and instinctively know, okay, gosh, there's this girl called Tina. She has solutions for this, or at least a pathway to a solution for this particular yeah. problem. So I think for yeah. me, it's been incredibly important to shine light on you and your story. Um, and the last point, parting, point I have is, I guess, what, what would you say to maybe a young Zimbabwean girl that would kind of be in your particular shoes dealing with I guess end or one, but then two might want to go into like the um, NGO space, but might be on the fence around what the, you know, what um, guidance or feedback would you give to them um, or encouragement, if you will? So first of all, in terms of endo and menstrual mm. health issues, you have to continue to fight and be your own advocate. Mm. Um, the ugly truth is sometimes even the people who are close to you won't understand it. Um, mm don't get too caught up in that because even i had to learn i have to be honest and say if i didn't have it i probably wouldn't care you know mm. um or mm. i probably would be like oh most of women shame but okay you know um but you have to advocate for yourself you can't give up because unfortunately with diseases like this they can turn into cancers it affects uh, right. fertility um you can find yourself in a really, really big hole. Um, speak to people, don't be ashamed, you know. A lot of women also then say, ah, oh, but I don't even have money to go to the doctor. And I'm like, okay, can you speak to an aunt? Can you speak to this person? And the yes. first thing is they're ashamed, you know. They're even ashamed of the fact that having a reproductive health issue means you're not a real woman or mm. um, because mm. it's it, it, fertility is is um attached to it they're thinking of the ability to have children but they're forgetting about the quality of life so right. i would say advocate for yourself read ask people there is information out there there's so much information out there um get groups um that you can join get support join support networks support networks are very very tricky because People, and I get it, people get very antsy about being in groups, especially with people that they don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's support is so amazing because it's just about talking. Like I said, sometimes you don't have a solution, but talking to someone else really helps. Um, yes. My last uh, thing about reproductive health is pain is not normal. Don't let anybody ever tell you pain is normal. It's not. Pain that's stopping you from doing normal activities, from um, going to school, from going to work, 
basically disrupting your life is not normal. So remember that and see someone as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's, those are the parting words for that. And then Mm -hmm. in terms of um, the NGO space and community work, uh, start, be teachable, just start, be teachable, ask people, um, how did you start? You know, I'm very open come into my DM, I'll let you know. There's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of tedious stuff, but you will get there, right? Um, Like I said, I started by kind of going with other people and seeing, how do they do it? And they started weaning myself off and like, okay, these are the structures. Um, There is, there's this amazing lady. I just don't know how to say her name. Her name is Sibu Lele. I'll say. I'll, I will mm-hmm. send it to you. Maybe you can put it underneath. Right. Right. She, right. she said some really. She said some. She shared some really great information on how to start an NGO, etc. Um, mm-hmm. But volunteer as well. You know, volunteer. Um, I have a lot of people who come through, and they volunteer and they're expecting something. It doesn't always work that way. Volunteer and actually see if it's something you can actually do because sometimes it's it's uh, it can be for fates you know um a lot of us thought oh by year six we would have these offices and these shelters and etc and it's not there yet but because right. we understand the assignment we're like we're holding on we're holding on um don't feel like you're in competition collaborate with other people as well right we can all share the same space mm. we mm. yeah there's enough mm. people to help guys. we aren't competing we aren't competing yeah, we aren't we're collaborating we're collaborating yeah. there is enough space but most of all just start because people think of so much funding this that that just start it, it you will comes. learn it comes. yes it comes yeah. as you go yeah. Tina, this has been wonderful for me. This has been really good for me. I think it's been really great um, hearing about the strands that have, you know, held your life together in many ways. And, you know, keep wishing you all the best and keep supporting you in any way that you can. Um, I think you. for me, the couple of yeah things I want to just, if anyone's listening, whether it's from a networking perspective and kind of problem solving, I think specifically for me that touches me is that education piece and maybe how can we help kids there. But then similarly, on the end or part, whether it's reaching out to some of the cryptocurrency platforms that you guys are working with there. Yeah. And then also awareness and awareness. But yeah, yeah all in all, this has been great. You know, but yeah, um, thanks for the time. And thank you so much for um, having these conversations. They're important. Um, and this is exactly how it starts, you know, they're supporting each other and, and, and just getting the word out there and it's COVID, but you know, we made a plan. Uh, we made a plan and it'd be, it'd, <laughs> sure. you know, we've got to adjust and do what we can. So, so thank you so much for thinking of me and yeah, we just continue to, to keep going, to keep moving as people will keep say. Keep moving forward. We move. We yeah. Move in there. Cool. Alright, okay, 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 ok
South Africa when I was 14.